Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. If you are new to the podcast or you come back regularly and listen, please click like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Also, word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Clicking like is free. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. Today's episode is primarily focused towards intermediate and advanced practitioners, but is good for beginning and budding martial artists to listen to as well. I'm going to give you insights to what the future of your martial arts training may have in store for you. That is, if you take it on in earnest and want to build remarkable skills in yourself. The concept is simple, but not easy to embrace and adhere to. Your martial art is yours. It belongs to you and is unique to you. You need to own it. You need to own not only the techniques you do, but how you do them. The nuances which make them work for you must be tailored to you like a fine suit. There is no one-size-fits-all martial art. The point at which you start crossing into this realm largely depends on your instructor. Some instructors will impress upon their students the importance of learning what works best for them, including the adjustments they must make to tailor their techniques to suit them. I've encountered a few instructors who never do this and insist students perform techniques exactly as they do them. There are rare instances when a student has physical and mental traits so similar to their instructor that this approach works. In a vast majority of cases, though, the student ends up stuck on a plateau where he tries to make his technique exactly like his instructor's technique, and it doesn't work as well for him. Instructors like this probably keep telling their students they are doing something wrong, but fail to identify exactly what it is. The student keeps trying and gets more and more frustrated as he fails to achieve good results. When this happens, it's due to the fact that the student did not take ownership of his technique. He was trying to do his instructor's technique. When an instructor demonstrates a technique, it is a guide, but the real skill lies in tuning techniques and strategies to fit you. There are physical, mental, and even spiritual components at play. The physical are the easiest to describe. I'm tall and fairly lean. My instructor was short with a stout build. Although he taught me a great deal, I had to adjust many things to suit my height and weight. There were certain things he did that I just cannot do and vice versa. You can get quite granular with physical differences too, such as those people with longer legs and shorter torsos versus people who have shorter legs and longer torsos. Some people have naturally quick hands and others are slower. Some are quite flexible and others tighten the hips and shoulders. I could go down a very long list of differences, all of which have profound effects on the movements your body can do well and which ones it does not. Many times these traits can be changed or improved through training. Sometimes they cannot, and adjustments to your art must be made. The same thing holds true for mental traits, although this is a little tougher to describe. My instructor had a personality which was more introverted. He was patient and naturally more passive in demeanor. His Aikido reflected this in that his Tenkan, or turning movements, were extremely skilled. My personality is more assertive, and the result was that Arimi, or entry movements, seemed to come naturally. I had to work pretty hard on the patient aspects of Aikido techniques, in particular those which involve turning or drawing out uke over extended periods of time. I think good Aikido is a solid understanding and ability to apply either, although I think one's personality will always tend to favor one aspect a bit more than the other. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, as long as one's specialties don't get too closed off to other possibilities, which would be more effective and efficient. For those of you who are beginning your martial arts path, or who are only a year or two into it, emulating your instructor is a great way to start. 
As with any journey, you have to start somewhere. It takes time to experiment and start to find your own art within you. The reason I bring this up is to make you aware of it. It will happen, or at least should happen, as your skill and understanding keep growing. It's a natural progression to get to the point where you realize your techniques and approach are customized to you. Some practitioners resist this, often out of an abundance of respect for their instructor or instructors. Fear of contradicting them can actually inhibit your own growth. Harming your own development does not show respect to a teacher, or at least a good one. A good teacher is thrilled to see a student make what they learn their own. It's not enough just to be a good copy, and the best teachers all understand this. I've heard there is a Japanese saying, although I've not gone to check a source on it. It goes, a good student will exceed the abilities of the master. Regardless of the source, I believe that the principle is sound. A teacher should give the student a clear and direct path to understanding, and the good student should go past that to higher levels of ability. It seems to me that the culture of deep respect for authority in the Eastern Asian cultures crosses into worship. The result is that students actually consider it disrespectful to go beyond the ability level of the teacher. It is disappointing when this happens. This is not entirely an issue with Eastern Asian cultures. Barry Sanders was one of the most talented running backs to ever play American football. He was amazing to watch, poetry in motion. Evidently, Barry was raised by a father who loved football and had great admiration for the best running back of all time, at least at the time his father was alive, Walter Payton. From the accounts, Barry's father had more than admiration for Payton. He almost worshipped him. During Barry Sanders' career, he was so talented that he came close to breaking Payton's performance record. As he did, he suddenly and unexpectedly retired despite being in the prime of his career. It is said that he did it because he did not feel worthy of shattering Peyton's record, perhaps due to overwhelming respect for his father's hero or for his father. Either way, Barry's incredible talent was easily capable of surpassing the legendary Walter Peyton, but he stopped early so that that would not happen. I think many martial artists are not comfortable stepping out of the shadow of their instructor to fulfill their full potential. To do so, and to be the very best you can, you must take full ownership of your art. It is yours. Make of it what you want it to be, and be very careful of accepting the limitations of others. Their limitations are theirs, not yours. One of the best examples I've seen of this problem was from way back when I was competing. In my practice group, we had a seasoned veteran who was an excellent fighter. He had one notable physical limitation, which was that his right knee did not bend very well due to a chronic injury. His method of moving took this into account, and when he took a step, his right leg would not bend. His adjustment was very subtle, but still noticeable. A young fighter who had great admiration for this veteran wanted to emulate him. So, this young fighter started using the same method of stepping, which included not bending his right leg when he fought. This was clear for me to see, and I figured he probably didn't realize he was doing it. Or if he did, he didn't realize there was no reason for him to step this way, as his knees were healthy. When I told him of it, he merely said that he wanted to stick with what the veteran was doing. I told him that he didn't need to be limited by moving like someone with a knee injury, but that didn't matter to him. His overwhelming respect turned into a self-imposed limitation. I took this as a lesson in human nature, and I think it's something we can all learn from. As I mentioned in the last episode, we are often our own worst enemy. There are no chains stronger than the ones we put on ourselves. The beauty is that these chains can be removed if we just have the will to do it. No one else can do it for us. Another aspect to owning technique is ending the language I'm sure we've all heard. My master says to do it this way. 
In the debating world, they call this the argument to authority fallacy. If someone in authority says something, it must be right. Remember the last episode when I talked about whether your master is BSing you? What if that morsel of knowledge he passed along to you was wrong? Or at least wrong for you? You would feel very foolish when you get called out for that morsel being proved incorrect. This is a nearly everyday occurrence in the martial arts, with all kinds of myths and BS being passed along. We've all been victims of it, and we've all contributed to the problem. Owning your art means you understand the whys and hows. You're not just parroting what someone else told you. This is easy to say, but it's not easy to go through everything you've learned to understand something down to its roots. This is referred to as internalizing something. When you internalize something, you aren't just memorizing it. You know it. It's part of you. Martial arts, fighting, music, cooking, or any art is like this at the highest levels. Sooner or later, if you keep with it, you will be faced with crossing into that realm where your art is completely yours. Don't shy away from taking that step. Don't think that you are showing disrespect by realizing your martial art is not your instructor's anymore, but your own. You can and should show respect to your teachers for helping you find your art, because they were instrumental in helping you do just that. Chances are they will be proud and thrilled to see you make your art truly special because it fits you so well. If they aren't, then you have outgrown them. They will not help you grow further, so you should seek the company of people who will. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Martial Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.